This is the Post Game Podcast with Clay Davis, Cam Gasmer, and Brandon Ehrlich. for joining us here on the post game podcast i'm clay davis alongside cam gasmer Brenton couldn't join us today but the show never stops as the bombers recouped their losses from a week ago and defeated the 11th ranked union dutchman 26 to 7 the bombers now improved to 8 and 1 on the season and 5 and 1 in the liberty league cam what was your some of your biggest takeaways from this game well you know first i gotta say that this was probably the best game that they played all season long hands down. Uh, they got straight on the offense right from the jump. Defense was extremely tight in coverage, protecting A.J. Wingfield the entire way. Did, I don't think the Union even had a sack in the game, um, which just shows how tight the offensive line was and made sure that they protected him uh, when, whenever possible, as we saw that Wingfield had escaped the pocket a few times. Um, but overall, this was probably the best game the Bombers have played all season long. Yeah, definitely a, a well-rounded effort from everyone involved, especially from the in terms of the special teams um, with kicker Nick Baja Monday, obviously last week was definitely, he definitely felt a lot of heartbreak from last week's game, missing a 43 yard field goal to lose to RPI and not be able to tie it and send it and potentially send it into overtime. But this week he definitely was able to, you know, get back on his feet as he set the record for most field goals in a season with 16 and tied the record for most field goals in a game with field goals from 33, 28, 20 and 27 yards out. Um, how excited were, were you to see uh, Nick Bahamonde have this type of success? And how do you think this will affect the Bombers um, when it comes to Cortica next week? Yeah, no, that, that was great to see him kind of get back to his normal gameplay. You know, we're used to seeing him make a majority of his field goals, if not all of them, which he did uh, in this game. And this was the fourth time this season that he has made uh, all the field goals that, he, that he's attempted in a game, the 12th time that he's done that in the past two seasons, he's been with the Bombers. So Nick Bahamande definitely needed this game to come back on, and he picked the best game to do it because the Bombers needed this win, and they got it to stay in, a, in the Liberty League race. Before we continue, I do want to play the highlight of his last field goal, which was 37 yards and the longest on the day. I want to play that highlight of Nick Bahamande setting the new school record for the most field goals made in a season. Snap is up. Kick is up. And it is good. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Bahamande has just made history for the first time in 56 years. And Ithaca Bomber has made four field goals in a game. Last to do that was Sander Zabo on November 5th, 1966 against American International College. So with that, I think Nick Bahamande looks very good going to next weekend in a 60-second annual quarter jug. Definitely. And... Yeah, um, he definitely needed to step up in such a pivotal, pivotal uh, Liberty League game and a Liberty League contest. Um, let's move on to the offensive side of things. Um, A.J. Wingfield um, threw a touchdown over the course of this game, as well as getting um, implementing all the different rushing attackers, um, such as Jalen Hines and Jake Williams throughout the course of this game. What um, impressed you the most about Wingfield's game, Cam? I think it was him being able to escape the pocket. You know, we've seen him have it, have some troubles reading the field all season long and some, some troubles with the offensive line and protecting him, but this game proved otherwise. You know, the offensive line protect him extremely well on every single play and he escaped the pocket very well. I think he did not record a second. I said earlier uh, in the entire game. So I think him being able to read the field better, 
Uh, he had some like really decent throws, I think, down the sideline when escaping the pocket to the Definitely. side. And even his run game was on point. So an overall great game uh, by Wingfield. And it just shows kind of his improvement this, this entire season. And in this game, when the Bombers needed it again, he came through. Um, and I think those would uh, what really helped him in this game. Yeah, and definitely moving forward to in terms of improving his offensive scheme, um, he was able to get some new Bombers in on the scoring action, linking up with Billy Tedeschi midway through the first quarter. Um, do you think that the Bombers will be looking to give it to guys who aren't seen by, um, you know, who haven't really had as much offensive uh, contribution throughout the entire season? Do you feel as though that this will be a way to throw off opposing defenses and, um, you know, be able to change offensive, different uh, defensive schemes? Yeah, I think it was a really good strategy set by Swanstrom early on. You know, he, in order to get to Desky in the end zone, he used Vito and Anderson to start off because Anderson had a 28-yard punt return and then Wingfield threw to Vito for a 24-yard reception before Tedeschi went to the end zone. So I think using some veteran guys that teams are used to seeing and used to watching film consistently to try and figure out how to defend them, I think using them to set up a play and then putting in uh, someone like Tedeschi who hasn't really been seen as much. And we're going to play his his touchdown highlight in just a second here. But I think it is a great strategy going into uh, the Cortica Jug next weekend. A.J. Winkfield takes a snap, looking over to his right, fires in the end zone, touchdown, Billy Tedeschi, bombers up early. Nice slant route from A.J. Winkfield to Billy Tedeschi, and the Ithaca Bombers are on the board. Definitely. And, you know, hopefully, you know, at the same time, they'll also be able to use uh, Mikey Anderson and Andrew Vito over the course of next week's game, do you think that they'll have a huge contribution for next week, Cam? Oh, absolutely. They had a big one in this game, too. Uh, I think you're going to see Andrew Vito set up some plays as he did here, record some big reception yards, and even Anderson on, on the punt return as well. You know, I, I saw him duking out some some union defenders here and there on the punt return. It's fantastic. You know, I'd love to see that uh, in Corlin. I think we're definitely going to. And, and even with uh, Dante Garcia, too. You know, he had yeah, we were run. able to see Dante Garcia. I believe he had um, over 30 rushing yards in this over the course of this game. We haven't seen much productivity from him, but it's definitely great to see him, you know, implemented into the offensive scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some great runs as well. Yeah, you mentioned, like, I think, over 30 yards, ran up the middle a few times towards the outside. It was it was good to see him in there along with Hines and I believe I'm not sure. I don't think uh, Leonard Osborne played, but it was him and Hines who contributed the most on the run game. Definitely. Well, um, moving on to the defensive side of things, the Bombers were able to have three first, uh, three forced turnovers over the course of this game, uh, two fumbles as well as an interception. Who defensively was able to um, be able to get to Bellamy, you know, as quickly as possible? Because we've seen in previous Union games where um, Union's offensive line has been able to protect um, Bellamy and limit the amount of sacks that they that they have. Um, who was a huge defensive force for you, Cam, um, to get to Bellamy? Well, I think there were three there, there were three guys in this. A Cap Decor and Ben Stola and then Ed Longest. You know, those are three guys I think we mentioned throughout the season as they've been the most widely known defenders and those who have made the most plays. Right. You know, we uh Takor made four tackles and had two press breakups, which is huge, which nobody really has gotten to Bellamy in that way. 
and Stola as well. He recorded five on the day. So that's nine total by those two guys alone. And then Ed Longest, I believe, had two sacks and seven tackles. So those three guys right there were huge in getting to Bellamy and kind of breaking up his run and pass rush because we've seen Bellamy throughout the entire season. And in this game, he liked to use the run a lot more than pass, um, and they were able to stop him. Yeah, they were able to stop him, you know, uh, force some momentum as, you know, uh, Union wasn't able to score until the third quarter, you know, a, a long pass to Andre Ross Jr. And, um, you know, looking also defensively, one of the key pieces that everyone was looking to was E.K. Irabor and his sense of running style. He he is one of the um, – he's projected to actually um, enter, enter the NFL draft, um, you know, in, in D3 and everything. So – what, what, um, on the defensive line, what was, who was able to stop EK Irabor and, um, disrupt his game, um, and not keep it as uniform? Yeah, I'm going to say Antonio Valley. I think, you know, we've mentioned him a few times so far this season, but I think he's a little underestimated here as he played very well, uh, in this game. He covered the middle holes in between, you know, different linebackers and even on the offensive line to stop the Union rush and really even push the, push the Union rush game towards the outside and even out of bounds on the majority of the plays. They could not get downfield and pass the defensive line the majority of the game as they only scored again, as we mentioned, uh, in the third half or in the third quarter, excuse me. And that was, the, that was the only time they scored. So I think Antonio Valley was a big part uh, of that defensive line and stopping the run game towards uh, in the, in the middle gaps of, uh, of the field. Definitely. Um, yeah. Antonio Valley was a huge defensive piece to be able to link up with this bomber defense. Um, yeah. So now looking past this game um, in order for the bombers to earn an NCAA playoff bid, they would need art union to defeat RPI from the play that we saw last week with union and the tight victory that RPI had against St. Lawrence. Do you think that the cam, do you think that the bombers will be able to get that bid? I want to be optimistic and say, yes, I think RPI with the slight edge over St. Lawrence is not going to push them past Union, you know, and Definitely. you can say the same thing for, for Ithaca as well. We, uh, the Bombers did not beat RPI in a very close game, and RPI should have beaten St. Lawrence by a wide margin than they did. So I think that Union is definitely going to have a, a, a really good game against RPI next weekend, and Ithaca, I think, has, has a decent shot at getting an NCAA bid because, because of that reason. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think that I totally agree with you that Ithaca um, has the strength of schedule um, to be able to, you know, prove that they could be in the NCAA tournament, you know, with these, you know, high level um, wins, you know, against Hobart, um, against RPI, um, and potentially against Cortland next week. So, Cam, what are your predictions for uh, next week's Cortica matchup? I know that Cortland is a, um, is a tough matchup. Um, you know, they've been 9-0 this season. They've only allowed nine points over the last three games. So what do you think um, about uh, Cortland's play for next week? It's going to be close. You know, I think looking at the past couple of years as well, Cortland is starting to look for revenge a little bit. You know, they, they, Ithaca beat them both 2018 and 2019 at MetLife Stadium. So I think in 2019, so I think they're going to, uh, they're, they're out for a little bit of revenge. And I think Ithaca is definitely going to look to continue their win streak. Um, so it'll come down to a field goal. I'm guessing it now, you know, I think it's, oh, wow. it's okay. I, I think it's going to be that close. Uh, plus Cortland's at home this year. 
so that is definitely a big factor and definitely on their side. Um, so I think it's going to be a very close one in 24 to 21. And I think you also have to look at the fact that Cortland's in the Empire 8, and there's not right. a lot of competition in, in that in that league. So I think as much as they are 9-0 and have, and they probably are the best team in that conference, Ithaca has played some some really good teams the last two weeks in RPI and Union, and I think they're going to be up to the task to, to just edge them out a little bit. Definitely. I think having those, you know, those backgrounds and those wins, you know, able to develop over time, their offensive and defensive schemes, any, any final notes um, from either union or um, the Cortica game uh, for next week, Cam? You know, I think I, I definitely want to see the same, the same strategy as I saw in this game with the offense Swanstrom using Vito and uh, Anderson to set up big plays and then have someone like Billy Tedeschi, who haven't really played as much this season, come in and score that touchdown because that'll definitely throw off that defense. So I like that strategy and I want to see Swanstrom use it again because it worked and the Bombers are going to need to come out firing just like they did in this game in order to win against Cortland. Definitely. It will definitely be a competitive contest next week for the Cortica matchup. That will do it for the post-game podcast. Once again, the Bombers defeat the Union Dutchman 26-7 to to improve to 2-8 to and one on the year and five and one in the Liberty league next week, the bombers will play in their final regular season game against the Cortland red dragons for the 60 sec 62nd annual Cortica jug game. My thanks to camp Gasmer. I've been Clayton Davis and we will see you next time.